2: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with
1: Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Little Legends Podcast is a Prediction Esports production. Support us by subscribing to the Prediction Esports Podcast channel on your favorite podcast provider. Hey guys, and welcome back to Little Legends Podcast. I am your host, Blevins. Joining me, as always, is Boop. What's up, buddy?
3: It's going good. How about yourself?
1: It is going great, and we are joined today by the legendary, the Love Island enthusiast himself. Okay, no, that was Boop that brought that up. But, Frodan, welcome to the show. Thank you.
2: It is what they they call me over there. (laughs) Uh, Wherever I'm known... They call me the Love Island expert. That's true. I mean, Uh, happy to be on the show. Thanks for uh, hosting this. I know that, um, you know, it's still one of those uh, shows that I think people get like they underappreciate things about the community and it's like really important building blocks. So I'm, I'm really grateful that this even exists. Thanks for having me. Oh,
3: hey, awesome. Well, <laughs> would well, you want to keep going? Um, do, <laughs> sure. Do you, <laughs> do, you want, do you want to keep going on all this nice stuff? That's great. Well, thank you, man.
1: No, that's uh that's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a, uh, the thing we do is uh, the podcast. When they told me that I had a, uh, a face for podcasts, I decided to just roll with it. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and here we are, <laughs> On episode 24 of the Little Legends podcast, of course, the TFT podcast. We are going to be uh, doing a little bit of housekeeping like we always do. I'm going to keep that super short. Then we're going to get and talk a little bit about Frodan, our guest here. Get a little bit of background on him and talk about his thoughts uh, on TFT and TFT esports and the competitive scene in general as uh, he has casted one of the premier Tournaments, the Fandom Legends tournament, a couple of weeks ago, with our previous guest Doa, Um, and then we're going to talk about the brand new. Actually, not if you're listening live, the going to come out soon, but brand new. If you're listening to this in podcast land, TFT patch 10.2. We will talk about that after the break. Okay, I'm going to run us through some real quick. Actually, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to do the I'm going to do the housekeeping in post because you know what. I can do that. I have the I have the magic of post. So let's just jump right into it. Um, you're going to hear the uh, the housekeeping stuff right now. Hey guys, it's future Blev here with our housekeeping from the episode. Sorry uh, that I'm doing it like this post show, but I wanted to uh, make sure that we maximized the time that we had with Frodan to actually talk with him instead of have him listen to me blabbering on about stuff that is important but uh isn't related to him so i uh sacrificed a little bit and uh, i'm going to do some housekeeping here so of course guys as you know we are a on the prediction esports network prediction make sure uh if you get a chance it really does help us out if you follow that channel um on spotify or itunes leave us a review there leave us an itunes review um or a podcast review wherever you're listening, it really, I mean this, it truly does help us out. Uh, we are, um, you know, it, it helps us uh, get recognized in the community and helps us do more things. So, really do appreciate that. Of course, you can also support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Little Legends Podcast. We do have some amazing. $10 patrons that uh 10 plus dollar patrons in angry Frog, angry frog undead the gamer and dr pepper who have been massively gracious with their support uh, of us and helps us be able to do things like uh, you know create the uh, ready for battle shirts and pay uh, allow us to pay the artists to give uh, to, to make designs for us which again of course you can go, uh head over to buy the uh, Ready for Battle shirts, if you want to uh, support us, that also helps us as well on Designed by Humans. Um, I'm going to post, I think the best way for me to do it is actually to just post the link in Discord. I'll create a little channel, so make sure you're joining the Discord channel, discord.me slash Podcast. Um, and uh, that's definitely going to be where you're going to want to be especially if you want to play in our game nights which we of course as always do on friday nights at 8 30 eastern standard time uh discord.me social legends podcast you can jump in a lot of people ask how do you join just jump in the discord um and either jump in the in the uh the voice channel and just say hey blev i'm new here i want to play next game Great. Absolutely. Um, Or if you don't want to be in the voice chat, not a problem. I know it can be intimidating uh, with a bunch of new people, but um, just jump in the text channel, the uh, Game Night text channel, tag me, and I'll get you in the next game. No problem. Um, We've been having some great turnouts. We've been getting full lobbies, and uh, we want to keep that up. If you want to just watch the channel, if you just want to watch Game Night, And hear all of our crazy antics. Make sure you're going to twitch.tv slash GiantslayerTV, which is where we are hosting the game nights to watch. We also did a giveaway last week. I believe we're going to be doing another one this week. $25 Riot gift card. You need to be in the Twitch channel. So make sure you're going to twitch.tv slash GiantslayerTV. Go there now and follow the channel because they're doing a lot of TFT tournaments. Uh, as well, and they're actually going to be doing a TFT tournament this Thursday, Fight Night Rising event, where we're seeing uh, community members like Eric Thomas, who've been playing, um, as well as many other players, Plat Diamond Range players, who are up-and-comers that are going to be playing in the Fight Night Rising series, and I know um, they have assured me that there are more tournaments to come, so make sure you're checking those out, twitch.tv slash Giantslayer. TV again last thing ready for battle t-shirts the game night design Um, keeping that up for uh, a little bit here Um, make sure you're going in the discord I'm going to make a channel where you can find the link there uh, in the resources tab or somewhere or you can just ping me ask for the shirt uh, link and if you want to get some awesome custom made uh, custom design made for the show jacks ready for battle, ready for battle t-shirts or a mug or stickers, you can do that. They're all through Design by Humans, which is a great company. So, sorry for the long-winded housekeeping. I'm gonna throw you back over to us in past podcast world to talk with Frodan about TFD. And now we're back from the housekeeping stuff. It's so magical that I have the ability to do that. Ah, man, wasn't wasn't that great? We're gonna start off uh, like we start off all of our shows, and just talk a little bit about what our week or our recent TFT experiences have been. So, Frodan, we'll start with you as the guest. How's TFT been treating you lately?
2: Uh, TFT has been great, uh, but also quite cruel, I think, as many people have experienced. <laughs> I think that's the tagline. Um, I have been trying to race to challenger with uh one of my buddies Uh, he goes by esports law bryce blum he's a pretty well-known member within the community Mm -hmm. owns his own firm uh even participates in uh, tfc tournaments whenever he can last year um we we not really like a bet but just kind of like you know a challenge to race the challenger yes uh it's not going super well for me i'm (laughs) kind of stuck at like diamond two uh just feeling like i when i feel like i have a good grasp on something it feels like i go on like a miniature losing streak mm-hmm. um and i feel like i have to redo everything i i know about the the current <laughs> patch and then a the new patch comes out and then i have to repeat that process where i lose a little bit then start winning then mm-hmm. lose a little bit re-question everything then more content uh, so my patch uh, has been kind of all over the place. I've played a ton of different compositions. That's probably my biggest problem, honestly. <laughs> I think I go too wide with what I think mm-hmm. about, and I think I probably should focus and hone in on a few comps. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, besides pounding the desk every couple hours, uh, it's <laughs> been great. It's been a good week of TFT, and I try to squeeze it in whenever I can when I have some free time.
1: That's awesome. I think we need to combine our strategies because I'm like yeah if i get like one single tier i'm like oh that builds into a hush i guess i'm building berserkers uh or it's like <laughs> oh i have a bow I guess i have to go sivir now uh uh sivir is here it's uh it's pretty bad i'm like before the end of the first pve round i'm usually committed uh and that's really a, i'm just putting that out there that's a really bad strategy <laughs> um, i mean it
2: kind of goes full circle like at one point i think at highest level people end up doing that again which is like their first carousel or two kind of determines what their build path they're just going to be forcing because it helps keep them in like a pretty uh stable mind space where they're like being able to consider the ranges within a smaller set of possibilities Mm -hmm. um i i one thing i really like to do is uh, sit down and talk to some challenger level players so I got opportunity to hang out with Sleet uh, for oh, nice. a few hours the other week, mm-hmm. and yeah, he was like basically telling me this was I think before ten point one, okay, so it was a couple of weeks ago, and he was just telling me that uh, you know some of the stuff that I should be considering is like committing earlier uh, because mm-hmm. you know I try to like be very fluid. I'm right. a big fan of Grand Vice uh, and his mm-hmm. play. I think mm-hmm. stream is the one I watch the most, and, and Vice is like a completely fluid, dynamic yep. player. Like he can change and pivot, and he. Uh, juncture he does have a little bit of a problem of avoiding top 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 comps mm-hmm. but um he still plays every now and then and uh i try to adapt my place i like that except i'm nowhere near as good and <laughs> as much knowledge and uh, hours into it so i end up struggling a lot more so i feel like you know if you're um kind of like playing uh, summoner's rift or mm-hmm. almost any game really uh Focusing and maining like something in the early stages, I think, is perfectly fine. So you know what, Blevins, I think uh, you are a challenger player in the making.
1: Ooh, maybe uh, that's a, that's a that is a bold claim. I don't know if I can get behind that. But I, <laughs> you had me <laughs> into the theory. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, now I'm now I'm beginning to question all the nice things you've been saying because clearly, clearly you're on something. They're uh, grounded in any truth whatsoever. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're learning, uh, from uh, now. On. Yeah, I I saw Grand Vice actually playing today cuz I'm like I've had a similar uh I've had a similar like slump recently. Like I thought I I went through almost what what's weird and maybe maybe other people have gone through this too, Frodan. I've gone through almost the same exact pattern that you described where patch starts, I'm a little bit hesitant. I I focus like especially like when 10.2 comes out, I'm probably going to spend most of my time watching Grand Vice, Soju, Raidits, all those top guys um and try to get a little bit of a foundation then i'll play i'll be bad for a while then i'll get i'll be too good for a while and then oh yeah it's like (laughs) Like, immediately i'm like oh i won i won three games with berserkers i guess i can just force this every time and it it doesn't work um i saw grand vice playing today and he had he like was i'm like okay i'm following what he's doing i'm like picking up i'm like okay i would do this okay he did that i'm like okay this is awesome And he had a Berserker comp, which I'm super familiar with. And he, at like level eight, he's like, okay, um, he had like 20 gold. And he's like, okay, I need to get to nine this game. I'm like, what? I've never done that before with Berserkers. And he's like, okay, I'm going to keep this Malphite 2 in and I might just go three Berserkers. And I'm like, my mind exploded. I'm like, no, I just turn off and just pick every Berserker. And if I don't get it, I blame RNG. And he's like, next leveling like has this weird built olaf and like a kiana like semi carry i'm like i've never even gotten close to this build and of course he top 2 uh and i'm like i have so much to learn <laughs> so much to learn
3: yeah my brain's only capable of making like a decision off of three choices i can't imagine what it's like <laughs> yeah. thinking like 50 goals ahead and two levels mm-hmm. right that's just not how my brain works right it's like whenever i see like pros in any game whether it be like overwatch or league um i feel like they're just like moving faster than me right <laughs> that they're mm-hmm. capable like they just can do more which is uh, crazy, but future yeah. grandmaster Blevins will be able to do that. So. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm We're only the bar. I was gonna say I'm, o- yeah. I'm only a future That's grandmaster. Player yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, at some point in his life, was Platt Blevins uh, is going <laughs>
3: and oh, silver ranked Blevins. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: would
3: say
1: that um, you know, for a
0: lot
2: of people who reach that level, uh, a lot of it is muscle memory, but mm. through the mental side, I think that people yes. look at. Uh, if you play like fighting games, for example, I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of uh, fighting games. I've entered Evo tournaments myself and made uh, decent runs uh, for a casual player. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, people talk about the mechanical execution of it, and they, if they when they approach a game like Tekken or Street Fighter mm-hmm. or, or Smash Bros, there's like so many possibilities that could happen um but you know some of those things you're just not really thinking about it just becomes second nature mm-hmm. and i think that's the same thing with tft and, and even you know strategy games if you want to extrapolate to other games like you know hearthstone and magic and other games that i play uh and maybe even legends of rutera if you're going to be checking out that open beta soon oh yeah uh, is that uh, once you are seen enough you're just kind of familiar with what things should uh, or what things should be going where and uh, how to place your items and what things to be considering and more importantly you also know what to not think about mm-hmm. um, And i think you know the the inexperience of being in you know a challenger lobby right because i've had the wonderful pleasure of being able to queue up with some high-level players recently uh, and be in challenger lobbies and they don't hesitate uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's kind of the, the hard thing because i'm hesitating a lot mm-hmm. and thinking like okay like here's like five components <laughs> and here's like three and a half items i could go mm-hmm. but then Like, what what are the probabilities? Like, you know, what's my relative strength? Should I be leveling next turn and trying to roll the way down so I can get this epic unit, you know, like an Olaf or a Twitch Ash, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Um, They don't really need to hesitate very much unless they're in a fairly unique situation. Right. Uh, And I think that's, like, something that just comes through time. So, you know, for a lot of people who are on that grind, myself included... uh, just, just being gentle with yourself, you know. Sometimes, <laughs> like, even like the number one thing that I think stands out to me whenever I watch streamers like uh, like Soju, like Grand Vice, like Kurum, and all the other players, you know, mm-hmm. even Delicious Milk. Uh, these guys are fantastic players, but if you just start counting the number of times they say "I'm not sure," or "I don't know," or like "maybe," uh, you know, these these guys play hundreds, mm-hmm. hundreds of hours per month mm-hmm. in TFT, and they still don't know. Yep. So it's like you know, you can, the least you can do is like not expect yourself to know every single thing and what to do decision wise. And I think that's part of the draw of the game and the genre as well.
1: Mm -hmm. It's definitely one of the things where with, with any e-sport or even any sport, honestly, just traditional sports included part of the allure of the professional side is like seeing and witnessing and experiencing the thing that I can conceptualize how to do I'm not going to do in my everyday life if I don't ha- if I don't put the hours and hours into execution. If everyone could just be challenger, you know, it's not as you know, it's the whole thing where people don't want a game that's completely random because you don't get to see that showcase of skill. When you start watching these top level players and they're making these decisions and the. The mental memory, muscle, mental muscle memory of like, okay, I know I have these five items. I need to make a zephyr here, or like all these scenarios that are just there, and they they make them like this. That's what's exciting to watch uh in esports and, yeah, and with it's TFT like specifically. When-
3: um, are are either of you guys like familiar with like machine learning? I have a really good metaphor coming up for this. Um, okay. So like the, the way that like machines, uh, Oh, when,
1: nope, I did not mean to do that. Sorry, doing, like, pay no attention AI, to that noise. Like
3: machine learning, you teach them something called neural nets, which is like okay. So you think about, like these think bubbles, right? What is the most likely answer to this question? The more the machine goes through it, uh, they can put okay, it's eighty percent likely that this is mm-hmm. the best thing. It's how, like, Watson and stuff learn. And I feel like these high-level players are kind of like that. They've they've seen so many of these situations because they do play for so long. They, yeah. they know what kinds of decisions to make. They know, all right, this is, like, an 80% thing, but it's still, like, the highest win condition through yeah. my experience. And it's, like, I remember in set one when people would sell, like, their rank three Garans, right, with full rounds, right? Arms, right? I, I could not fathom, like, why you would do that, yeah. right? Um, but because they've seen so many of those situations, because they know the percentages and wind conditions and stuff, they're more likely to make those decisions. And I think intention is just one of those things that makes you better at everything, right? If you're intentional about your decisions, mm-hmm. if you're intentional about how you want to learn and how you want to take these approaches to TFT, you're probably going to be much better for it.
1: Yeah, I, that's one well, thing. Said. That's one thing that makes me think I'll never be challengers. I will never sell a
3: uh, tier three unit. That's what I said.
1: I'll never be either. If I ever have to sell it if it was just like you get to get to be you get to be challenger but you just need to sell your tier 3 insert unit, <laughs> I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening. But it
3: just uh, feels so wrong, right? When you sell a tier 3 <laughs> like that.
1: It does. Um but I did not think that how was your weekend TFT was going to lead to neural <laughs> networks. So was it was great, but it does not Lead me to believe that we're going to be on the brief side of things here. So let's move on. And for those who are unaware of our guest, Frodan, of course, a prolific member of the eSports community, casting, all that sort of stuff. I know you most uh, mostly from Hearthstone back in the day, uh, as well as recently. But Frodan, tell us a little bit about your sort of gaming origin story.
2: Sure. So my name is Dan. I go by Frodan. It's a moniker given to me by my sister when I was really young because she loved making parody uh, videos of famous movies. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like Mission Impossible, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, etc. And she needed a character to play Frodo, and she didn't pick me. She picked a guy named Fred, but then uh, he got sick or couldn't make it. I forgot the exact (laughs) reason why. Then she needed an understudy, so come in the little brother as
3: for Dan
2: <laughs> uh, and that was just a nickname that stuck it was a gamer tag that I use uh from that point on and uh, a lot of people just really like it, it was just kind of catchy and an mm-hmm. easy way to summarize my name. So that's uh the origin story of how I got Frodan. Um, my gaming history dates back to my sister. My sister has always been better than me at video games when I was really young, largely because she's seven years older and she just had developed oh like, cognitive motor right,
3: skills. My sister's seven years older than me too. And it's like the right. same thing. Crazy. I, okay,
2: I also I'm have sorry. a sibling. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like I'm learning how to, you know, like use the mouse and she's Clearly, at least pressing some kind of button combination mm-hmm. and beating me. Uh, and from that, developed like a really competitive rivalry with her. Um, and then obviously, she went on and <laughs> stopped playing games and moved on with her life while I refused to. <laughs> so uh, I'm still playing video games to this day. Uh, I have a lot of competitive history, um, but I've never been able to achieve like the highest level of stuff competitively myself. But uh, it did spark interest because one thing that I do love is storytelling and uh, mm-hmm. presentation, so... Uh, I've always been a big proponent of that uh, all throughout uh, middle school, high school, and college. I love being on stage and talking. Um, and so I figured I could always uh, fuse my passions together. Uh, and so I went into commentary. I've done stuff for uh, all kinds of games, all kinds of genres. I'm most well-known for Hearthstone, the, the card game released by Blizzard. Uh, I've also done StarCraft two a lot. I've done League of Legends. I've done Street Fighter. I've done things for like a bunch of shooters like Halo, um, done gaming journalism, done production. I currently work on Twitch Rivals for their esports program, um, and yeah, I've just been generally kind of doing a little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I've enjoyed the most about esports is just like learning uh, how the like learning everything about the industry. So um, I've worked in, like I said, production or or mm-hmm. live events. Uh, I helped start an organization uh, called Temple Storm with Rayned back in the day. Who created uh, her? I've also worked plenty with like agencies and vendors and clients and game devs, so I I feel uh, pretty confident that when people like (laughs) ask me questions about this the space, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp
3: on what, what to say. So I'm, I'm curious because you've been around the block a couple of times. So like, you're one of those people that I, you know, I I put up there with like Chris Puckett and Monty and Doha Mm -hmm. people who have been in esports really since the beginning. What are you most excited about in terms of generally in the field of the future, right? You, you saw it at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you saw it at the middle, you've seen all of the challenges, but what are you most excited about in terms of the next five years in this field?
2: Ah, it's a really open-ended question. um, But the one thing that I, can easily answer to that is uh, the uh, the transcendence of acceptance into celebration of gaming. I think mm-hmm. that uh, we're at that juncture where most people can accept the idea that everyone plays games, mm-hmm. um, and even you know, kind of make it a social thing about it. But uh, I, I like the the fanfare and and the the bravado and the celebration of it. Right, like the Super the Bowl is a big event that like. <laughs> people don't want to miss. I have to miss it, by the way. I'm going to be casting an event next uh, in two weeks, which is sad because uh, I've been... Uh, it's, a, it's a big thing with mm-hmm. uh, my household, watching the Super Bowl. But, you know, that's like a thing that even people who don't watch the NFL and football, they kind of participate in the event, or yeah. if not, it's, at least it's a social gathering. It's like a reason to hang out. And get together, and I think uh, you know slowly but surely we're getting to that point with gaming as well, which is you know like oh the League of Legends World Championship, the International with Dota Two, a CS:GO major, right? BlizzCon, these kinds of like really big industry defining uh, events slowly seeping their way into not just of course being something that people think is cool but also something that they can't wait for look forward to and celebrate and i think that translates all the way down to the lower levels i'd love to see esports start to um be able to break beyond the borders of like middle schools and little Mm -hmm. leagues um i think that uh for gaming like People talk about the future of eSports, and they talk about all this money and investment. But th- the reality is the future of eSports is in the next generation, it's not yeah. us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I think that a lot of people um, are very quick to point out like technological trends, which is a very exciting thing. Uh, people are very quick to point out you know, other industry things, like which platform people are going to be using or mm-hmm. what games are going to be popular. Uh, the questions I like to ask is, what are we doing so that way kids have a way to uh, engage in games in a healthy way mm-hmm. In a competitive way that can even, like, maybe, you know, uh, synergize with their future. Because a lot of times, uh, young people have to make a very difficult choice of, like, whether they dedicate their free time to gaming and sacrifice things. But I'm sure there's a way that we can make everybody win here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead of, like, quitting school at 13, they'd be a Fortnite pro. So I'd like to see that uh, be explored a lot more as opposed to uh, this new. Uh, extension for Twitch will change the way we consume esports forever. You know? <laughs> nice. uh, both are important, though. I'm not. I'm not trying right. to dismiss. Uh, yeah.
3: Well, um, I think you'd be interested. I, it's another tangent, but throw down. I, your brain is fascinating to me. I love the way that it works. But I think you'd be interested because there are some schools down here in Denver that are starting to do esports programs to teach like group skills in inner city schools and stuff, so they can be safe after school and like learn to work with each other. That's the kind of stuff that you're talking about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that gaming uh sits in a unique position to uh do a lot of things that traditional sports can't. Uh for one thing, traditional sports uh has a huge barrier of entry in terms mm-hmm. of of course, you know, how your physical ability is, sure. right? Not everyone's cut out for it, but um also just through cost, right? Like the idea is that some people like part of the reason why certain sports are really popular in other parts of the world because mm-hmm. of this accessibility, you yep. know, football slash soccer really common because all you really need is a ball and just like dirt on the ground. You can yeah. kind of set it up anywhere. Um, and I think gaming has that potential now that everyone has access to, not everyone, but a huge amount of people on the planet have access to phones and technology mm-hmm. that can help enable them um, and, and really get them connected globally in a way that really can't, that sports can't. Um, and again, it's not like we it's supposed to replace sports. I, I hear a lot of people say like, Oh, this is you know, traditional sports are, are going to die and it's all yeah. about digital sports. And I'm like, I I don't think you understand what you're saying, right. uh, but you know, I, I really believe that with some of these tools and, and, and advancements and connectivity is like more important than ever that uh, I really am excited to see uh, where things uh, go with the industry, just from like a broad movement perspective, not necessarily like does OWL succeed versus L- LCS versus mm-hmm. uh, whatever CSGO player association.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not going to be traditional sports dying. It's just going to be baseball. Um, (laughs) um, Though, as someone who played baseball for a very long time growing up, um, as a young kid uh, playing, you know, T-ball, Little League, all that, like, if you've been involved in that or seen that or experienced that, like, you know that's uh, – what you're saying is 100% correct. It is – how do we get the six-year-old kid in 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 this sort of program to set them up and learn all these skills that you don't learn at school? Um, you know, you're learning you're learning different things at school. It's a different type of growth as a person, and it's it's just as, uh, or at least in a lot of ways, as important as the things that you're learning in school. And how can we take gaming away from it being a you know something that people consider as a detriment um and and move that towards something that is actively being seen and sought after to improve the lives of uh of kids and at that point like once once that starts to happen uh at a a bigger scale i think you're you're 100 right that is the that is the big unlock um for esports
3: yeah, and Frodan, I'd like to thank you. This is the smartest I think Lev and I have sounded. in. It's five, true. Four episodes. We just needed to talk about this stuff. Well, I,
1: uh, I just needed to let the guests talk, and I, and as long as I'm not saying things, we sound very smart. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But I know that we can talk about esports in general for hours and hours, and maybe we'll have a different show at a later time to do that. Let's shift focus back into tft specifically here because i know ah that's right the folks this i mean we started off with we start off with the important stuff we started with talking about the bachelor and love island in the (laughs) pre-show uh and And then we work our way down to the wide world of esports, and now we're getting down to TFT. Uh, it's a very natural progression. <laughs> so, obviously, um, like you mentioned, Fred, and you've been in a, involved in a lot of different games. Um, you, you know, like I said, most notably for me is uh, is Hearthstone and, and that sort of card gaming uh, realm what brings you to tft because not every single person who was playing hearthstone is playing tft not every card game player is immediately drawn to tft a lot of people were but we got sort of this you know a lot of people from riot the Riot game uh world a lot of people from hearthstone but um, what kind of drew you into tft uh, specifically
2: Uh, Yeah, so for me, what drew me into Teamfight Tactics was probably initially my connection to Auto Chess. Uh, I I really liked Auto Chess, the Dota 2 mod that was created Mm -hmm. by Drodo at the beginning of last year, 2019. Um, And it was just a game that I saw a lot of my friends playing, and I'm a very social gamer, uh, so I really enjoy... Playing things cooperatively cooperatively with my friends. Part of the reason why, for Mm -hmm. example, I don't really play much Summoners Rift anymore is because a lot of my friends don't. Um, However, some of them have started recently once more, so I am tempted to jump back in. And if you're not good uh, with auto chess, uh, I got hooked because it is uh, a genre that appeals to my gambling degeneracy that I (laughs) so love to feed. Yep. And um, you know, it's it's really fun um, at its core, which is. Uh, basically like spontaneous drafting if you've played like card games or if you are a big fan of fantasy football or fantasy the bachelor 2020 of your season <laughs> uh it's a lot like fantasy management you know basically you submit mm. your best lineup and see how they do and you just kind of let them battle and then you live with the consequences of your decisions um and then you know i, I really like how uh how different and unique most of the games feel i mean i'm sure there's some people who could say like it looks exactly the same game the game you just play like the blunder right or back when ocean mage was dominant or shadow mm-hmm. like, it's just that um so you know that side i think most people can really say that each game of tft is is truly unique mm-hmm. Um, and i think that's like a really important thing for like games in general to have that uh that uniqueness from each experience that you engage in. So I really like TFT for those reasons. I also have a strong tie to the League of Legends world because uh, I, like many people, like millions around the globe have played too much League of Legends, <laughs> um, you know? And, and I feel like not too much in case for people. I don't, I don't hate the game. I, I actually really like it. And I'm going to be visiting the LCS studio this weekend to Ooh. watch the opening weekend. Um, but uh, I, I have strong ties to it. Really enjoyed everything about uh, the universe. So uh, watching my favorite champions get to execute uh, and have a team fight that you can't really see on Summoners Rift was pretty epic. Mm-hmm. So all those things come together with uh, some good polish on Riot's end that simplified the game mm-hmm. and like helped uh, shore up some of these weird uh, things that always confused me, game design wise, from Auto Chess was really mm-hmm. good. Um, and so it, it ended, ended up sticking, I did end up falling a little bit off at the end of set one, just because I got really busy with real life uh, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And um, then in set two came out, uh, I started getting back into it a little bit. Um, and then I, I think I really, I think I like set two more than I like set one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure that's a, a, an entirely different topic that we can
1: talk. About. Yeah. Uh, two two things that that makes me think of. If you're looking for bad players to play with, uh, I am, like I mentioned before, getting back into it. So just get, <laughs> send, send, put up the bat signal and I'll, uh, I'll you know, jump in. would be
3: awesome if we could get like an app like Tinder, but for gaming, right? Where you like swipe left There ca- It does exist. One careful one, what you oh, yeah, wish for, yeah, boop. You, like, you can careful like, what you wish for, like, boop. Like, League of Legends, and you put in your rank, and only people from your rank show up?
2: I don't know. Oh, gotcha. So you want to...
3: More specificity.
2: You kind of want to make it like Black Mirror, where you only yeah to <laughs> diamond <laughs> players above, or like yeah You non- set, you, you set your
3: parameters right. Um, people only people <laughs> you know, within a certain how, like, MMR of you, you can talk diggers. to you. Yeah, you yeah yeah you have to be plat and also <laughs> make LP over one million dollars a year, and then I'm gonna be maybe able to play with you. That's how I met my husband it, actually. If, <laughs> if
1: if you can only talk to people who are within a certain like LP range, I'm gonna I have a feeling I'm going to think that no one on Earth exists uh, because (laughs) I'm going to leave my own...
2: Mm -hmm. The thing is that I I feel like most people forget is when they when they watch top streamers or the competitive players, they kind of forget what percentile that they're in, and Mm -hmm. there's very few of them. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're like you know gold, plat, you you know even down to silver, you're still like in pretty decent company in the sense that you're still like ahead of the curve a lot more than you think you are. Mm -hmm. So some people who are like, oh, I'm like only like low plat, I'm like that's way above most people who play to you. Yeah, that's like
3: top ten. Don't feel bad about about it. I like that. Yeah. Um so we now know why you came to TFT and so let's like uh, you talk about the top streamers and the top players you've got your favorite uh and you've been involved in the competitive scene so far. Uh what do you think about it uh, thus far? Do you like the way that they're going with kind of that entertainment value as opposed to like sitting at a desk and casting in a game of like Hearthstone where there's a prize <laughs> at the end, right? Like it's they're definitely taking sure. a different approach. Do you like the way that it's going so far? What do you think of the current competitive scene?
1: Uh, so the
2: competitive scene, I, I think, is like not really existent right now. Um, it's just slowly getting its feet wet um, by having these invitationals or having like feature show matches. Um, there's some online competitions that have been going on. I got a chance to cast the fandom TFT event. I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, Doa was mentioning last time. Uh, really fun, and I like that uh, they kept it kind of like a pro-am where they have that small invitational group, but then people qualify and join and the bottom people get relegated. Um, and I think that that's kind of what the competitive needs, which is some stability right for people at the top but also uh, challengers to the throne because the idea of these games of strategy variants and wit is that anybody can win on any given sunday mm-hmm. so i think that element of it is really important uh only holding invitationals i think is a quick way to get people to lose interest over time because i think that uh with high participation games um especially like tft or auto battlers or just basically free for all battle royale styles is that uh, you need to be able to sell the product as something that the person who plays in has a chance of making it themselves Mm -hmm. um and that's how like so many games like poker has thrived in the past where it's like you have a shot you you might not win (laughs) but you might do decently well and hey maybe you may get a big run and land the money and i think that's the same cause of best tft i think there's a like the, the, the importance and health of a competitive CNT TFT largely thrives on plat players thinking that they can beat diamond players, and diamond players think they can beat masters players, and <laughs> masters <laughs> players think they can beat challenger players, Yeah. Uh, even if that is not necessarily completely true. Um, and, and and I think that uh, if we were to only host invitationals from this point on, I think that uh, TFT will be nothing more than just uh, entertainment. Um in a showmanship way and never truly like competitive in, in, the, in the way that I think a lot of people want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, part of what makes TFT so exciting and this genre as a whole is because it's entirely new in terms of what we should be looking for on a broadcast or like a broadcast product. Um, you know, any, anything from spectating tools to competition formats to even the way we cast right as, as a caster, uh, I think that taking a traditional approach into from what we know and trying to apply a TFT or Hearthstone Battlegrounds or Dota Auto Chess or Dota Underlords, uh, you know, that's not going to necessarily work. So I think that's what makes it really intriguing for me personally is that I think that we have an opportunity to kind of be on the, the precipice of something uh, that's interesting and new. And I mean, if you look at it too, even in other game genres like Fortnite and Apex Legends, mm-hmm. And at PUBG also kind of struggle with this, right? Because yeah. this is like a really difficult uh, product to, to broadcast because of insanely high participation rate. Like there's every game has 99 players, 60 players, whatever uh, mm-hmm. size the game allows. Um, and so I think it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating from a storytelling perspective. It's, it's fascinating from a production element of it if you like put graphics and you have all these inputs. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating as a, as a person that's just a fan of the game and the genre and the industry. Me so those think. are some of my thoughts. I don't really yeah. have any conclusion. I, I think uh, my, my, I my think general TLDR is that it's a really exciting time because yeah. everything is still new and there's like not really bad ideas to just lay on the table and suggest. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure there's like obviously things that we probably shouldn't explore, right? Some people are saying like purely invitational. I don't think that's a good idea, right. but uh, it's something that we can at least worth discussing to just think about the merits of.
3: So I yeah, just... it's it's uh it's really cool to kind of like get the opportunity to innovate again, right? Mm-hmm. When you've been casting Hearthstone, or when you've been casting so many other things for so long, when something new like this pops up, like the a lot of what's exciting about it is what it could be, right? It doesn't have right. to be that right now, but what it's going to be in six months to a year, right? That's what's exciting, <laughs> and to be able to have a hand in that is has got to be cool.
2: So yes, you know. precisely, and and you know, I think I, one thing that I admire. Uh, the most about Riot. It seems like that they're not afraid to take a brave approach to something and, mm-hmm. and live with the consequences. And I think that uh, the Rise of the Elements set to Invitational was a, a prime example of that, mm-hmm. where they took a few different risks uh, that they really haven't done before. And, you know, some of it didn't exactly pan out uh, in an ideal way from a spectator perspective, uh, and some of it didn't pan out in a way from a player perspective Mm -hmm. but you know i think they kind of like had some elements in there eh, pun intended uh (laughs) where it was pretty solid and i think that uh i'm I'm really looking forward to see if they can do something with tft or any other game that comes out because you know part of the difficulty of riot being so popular and hot right now in terms of the the gamer player base the pc gamer base uh, is that everyone wants them to develop a competitive scene for the game that they like? <laughs> so, yep. you know, does it mean that TFT has to be like LCS, LEC, LPL, etc.? Probably not. Uh, does it mean that it even has to be something similar to what Fortnite and CS:GO do, or you know, these big majors? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Like the the idea is that it's completely uh, up in the air, and and uh, I have my own ideas that I've even gotten a chance to sit down and maybe chat with Riot for a little bit. Um, but uh, I don't I don't have I don't have any like judgment calls like how it should be ran. Um I did enjoy the fandom uh format though. Mm. I think that is really fun to watch because you know I do want to see people like uh you know Delicious Milk go up against uh Grand Vice and Becca and all these other great players and streamers, but I also want to see some new faces all the time. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's definitely I, I think that format is very good and and boop and i have casted tournaments that are in a similar format where it it part of it was i think it might have they may have all been invitational but it was a a bigger pool than than we we tend to see which is nice um i thought of a a format here that we might be able to pitch we might actually be able to pitch live for the first time ever so okay the the first part of the format is a standard um uh you know fandom legends type of format where you've got players playing and there's some uh they're accruing points in rounds and then there's a point relegation but then there's a second relegation where they have to line up at the end of the night and they need to be given a rose by mort dog to make it to the next (laughs) Ah, (laughs) round i like where this is going
2: Every Do they go on like group dates, like they all get into a
1: lobby of eight, and then they all like have
2: time like, when they battle him. It's kind of like yeah, one. Yeah, one. it's a, with the lobby get, gets that one makes one sense. Time with
1: Riot Moore. Oh yeah, you get to okay. Right. We'll, we'll be combining games, but it'll this, still this be is in a the BF room. story I brought from home from a year ago. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my hometown.
1: <laughs> That's right. I want to take my belt and combine it with your belt to make our War Mogs armor. That's what I want. <laughs> Sounds hot. I think I think we've got something here. One hundred percent, patent pending. Riot, by the way. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're trying to, if if that happens, you know, you heard it here first. It's been recorded.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm probably. So I know that 60%. a lot of people like to dunk on Epic for the way they handle Fortnite esports, but I do think at its core, one thing that they're really good at is getting people to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Fortnite World Cup is something that perhaps core esports gamers aren't appreciating enough, which Mm -hmm. is that they threw like one of the biggest tournaments like to have ever existed Mm -hmm. in human history in terms of like participants. And I know that not all of them were like serious, right? The the idea is that if you queued on the playlist in Fortnite, you got you had points that qualified you through it. But Mm -hmm. it's still amazing to think that there's that many people tried. And I would like yeah. to see something similar for TFT. So if I were to throw out like a random idea, it'd be similar to Fortnite, where like let's say for a weekend you're able to play at most like ten games of TFT, and mm. like based off your points, if you at, after a certain threshold, you qualify for the following weekend. You play, Ooh. and then the top players go to some kind of invitation at All Stars or something for Riot. Uh, so I, I would Ooh. say that like at, at, just as a, like a core concept, that'd be a really cool thing. Um, They first have to build in a spectator (laughs) mode into the game.
1: True, (laughs) true. But I mean, I'm saying like I think that
2: uh, there's we don't we don't have to reinvent the wheel either. It's totally okay to just say like this other developer, this other game figured out something really good, Uh, and and I think that's ultimately what it is, right? Like I said, one of the most important things I I I see about TFT is that it's a high participation game. The more people that can get into it, the better. and I think it's even reflected in, like, higher elo. It's a little bit frustrating when you're kind of just playing the same people. Mm-hmm. Like, you queue up after you lose, and you kind of queue with, like, four other people you just played against. Right. And you're just kind of taking turns trading places. Like, oh, I got second, but then I got sixth. Then I got third, and then I got fifth. And then, you know, it's like the other person's, like, just mirroring you. Yeah, everyone is has not moved at all in the race. the whole day. Right. <laughs> so uh i i you know I, I think there's a lot of different directions that it can uh it can go um in terms of like what it needs to like become like a popular sport uh that's like such a. That's like a million dollar question. A, probably probably if I much knew the more answer, than that. Honestly. I probably would like,
3: <laughs> like literally, Overwatch uh, a... League is looking for that answer. Yeah, exactly. Know. I I'd probably like <laughs> have right, pay me a lot of money to like...
2: And I knew the answer.
1: Right? I mean, I, like, we I know, know the really answer. Know. Have Mort Dog hand out the rose at the end of the tournament. It's easy. <laughs> Combine TFT dating, uh, dating.
3: You know, that would be, well, that would be so funny, though, It doesn't
1: need to if, be like, you... dating, but like you that sort of like reality show.
3: Like a tournament, right? And then they're like all right guys it's a three game set whoever wins gets one hour with riot Moore to tell him anything <laughs> you want <right? laughs> you get to handle some of the balance of the game i think that would be absolutely hilarious yeah. but um you know they say innovation is not about coming up with something new it's about adjusting something that already exists for the better so or it's, uh, i think Yes,
1: or it's about coming up with something really stupid and then having smarter people take that really dumb idea and make something good out of it
3: that's what bill gates did man he he said when he first got a job he would give it to a lazy person because they would find out all the ways to cut the corners Mm -hmm. and then he would give it to a smart person with those uh, things in mind to uh, come up with the systems
1: that sounds like something it's that small. someone made up in middle school and has perpetuated. <laughs> <I know>. uh, <laughs> it sounds like an like, lo- elaborate way to get out of washing
3: dishes. And- <laughs> 100% of the shots you
1: do. So take. you're saying I'm like Bill Gates. Huh? Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. One, one quick one before we go into the break and talk about uh, patch uh, 10.2. Are there any personal uh favorite champs or abilities or something that you would like to see in a future set frodan any any personal faves
2: um so i think one of my favorite designs for this set even though he's not one of my favorite champions is yasuo i think he's Mm -hmm. like a really interesting champion because Mm -hmm. his ability targets like the one with the most items yep um, and even though Blade Masters has caused a ton of problems fundamentally with like the game engine, mm-hmm. uh, I like that kind of element of it. I do enjoy Kazik, so I think if I were to make like you know, you know, bronze tier Reddit suggestion of like <laughs> what champion you like to see, I'd probably like to put something like Lee Sin in that does something very similar. Lee Sin is one of my favorite, cool. if not my favorite, champion just because mm-hmm. I play a ton of him mm-hmm. when I was uh, playing League of Legends <laughs> almost a decade ago. Uh, and so having his uh, his Sonic ability where he jumps from target to target mm-hmm. uh, and it scales based off the, the health percentage missing. Ooh. Um, and him just kind of zooming around the map, capturing that, that fantasy would be pretty dope. I'd probably go with some kind of thing. It's it too bad be, that like brawlers aren't around anymore because I think yeah. he'd probably oh, be a
3: brawler. I oh, well, would I think it'd be, be cool if like you're doing Lee Sin, right? Your first Q goes onto the enemy and the next one goes onto your ally and shields them and he just bounces. Oh. Back
1: and back and yeah, that'd, like, be like, that'd be dope. Always targets whoever is lowest. Or something like that like it will either the sure lowest or ooh. like a mix of
2: thrush yeah,
3: i think that would be super interesting actually just yeah. like in terms of like a general like character design um a character that interacts with both the enemy and your allies right because i'm having a hard time thinking of anyone right now that kind of does that same thing right um, um Nami
1: or um what's her name um senna does that Kind of not healing, but like gives a buff and a debuff or a, a damage, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, but light, light version. Very this light.
2: This is like yeah. completely dynamic and it changes like battle to battle or comp to comp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. That would be sweet. Hire this man. Oh, yeah. wait,
1: you guys. Are- also, <laughs> uh,
2: also, if you hear if, you, if, it, if, it, if it comes I'm into out, the game, you hear it.
1: Okay. Um, that's always a fun one to ask. But we're going to go into a quick break. We'll be right back and talking all about patch 10.2 for TFT here on Little Legends Podcast. We'll see you in a minute. Guys, if you are liking the show, please make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to us there, t- and you can subscribe to us and check us live on Twitch at twitch.tv theblevins. Of course, the home of all of our content is at discord.me littlelegendspodcast. If you want another way to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash littlelegendspodcast and become a patron today. We've got all sorts of goals and tiers available, and we're open to suggestions as to what the other tiers should be. We'll be putting exclusive content, we'll be putting exclusive content, videos, and other things on the Patreon, as well as giving you early looks at projects that we're working on. Head over to patreon.com slash littlelegendspodcast right now. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the break. I know i I sure did. It was a great, great, long, long break. That was actually only a few minutes. Uh, we are now back with Frodan, and we're going to be talking about TFT Patch 10.2. Uh, we're just going to kind of run through it and give our thoughts. And I mean, we've already we've extrapolated a lot. We don't know. We're going to go. We'll probably go on some tangents, but uh, we will uh, keep it within the confines of the patch. So. Without further ado, I will j ju- I will jump right into these like we always do, reading a little intro thing. Greetings to those of you who play team fight tactics. Welcome to patch ten point two This is the one where the gang buffs all the traits champions, and items uh that could use a little bit of love. We've got a couple of nerfs as well, but we're uh aiming to make unused and underpowered things a bit more enticing. We also have a few general system changes to make the games go faster, blah, blah, blah. Last but not least, we're raising the RNG floor for item drops to make games a bit more fair while still maintaining variation from game to game. So kind of taking the RNG floor and making it closer to the ceiling, not raising the amount of RNG, actually reducing it. So, uh, First one here, game like PVE rounds, uh, PVE rounds planning face time down from 30 seconds down to 20 seconds. This is one that I've been wanting for a long time. It's like, okay, I can beat Krugs. Now I'm just waiting here for 15 seconds. Just like, yeah, okay, the Krugs are going to happen. I don't want to spend any of my gold because it's a freebie round. Um, I'm surprised it took him this long to do it, honestly. Yeah, there's a lot of downtime in uh,
2: TFT, and I think a lot of it's like, oh, you should be scouting, and like, you know, that's.
3: <laughs> I watched yes. Lev, um during a, a, a game once. It was the entire game, and he scouted a total of zero times. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, <laughs> oh yeah, so a future so challenger tired. player, by the way. Like, yeah. I, I
2: get it. You should be scouting. It's like it's just you know, it, I think for most people, it's not obvious. Yeah, that's like the I mean, that's probably like my biggest qualm about TFT. Like if anybody from right ever asked, like, what do you think we can do better? It's just like a lot of the stuff that you're supposed to be doing is like not really like intuitive or explained to you or mm-hmm. like figured out. Right. So you're, you're supposed to like discover scouting on your own. You're supposed to kind of discover what items do what <laughs> on your own. <laughs> yeah. um, you're not even really sure what PV rounds are. Right. Like, right. Yeah. And I mean, because like it just boils down to there's no tutorial. Mm-hmm. Um And even then, like, you kind of really want a tutorial that can, like, really hold your hand all the way through. So, uh, it, anything that can help make things more intuitive makes sense. So shorter timer is perfectly fine.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I always, I, I kind of like TFT is kind of like if you were taking piano lessons and your teacher is like, all right, we're going to learn one measure a day of moonlight sonata. And it's going to take like three years for you, <laughs> for you to <laughs> learn it. Cause I'm not teaching you any basics. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go measure. Right, just measure.
1: memorize the.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you might be able to learn how to play. Moonlight Sonata at the end, but do you really understand it? probably not so i see where you're coming
1: and from also those
2: it'll feel cool though once you learn it true yeah, that,
3: that's true so let's uh yeah. talk about these the, items.
1: those of you playing little legends podcast bingo at home uh boop mentions moonlight sonata check that square right off <laughs> uh
3: <laughs> machine learning as well uh, machine yeah we got that one too um, neural nets uh, yeah all right Let's talk about these items. Uh, Small loot boxes remove the four gold drop possibility. Average value is down by 15%. Medium loot boxes remove the seven gold drop possibility. Average value down 3%. Uh, Remove the worst case scenarios for item drops through the course of the game, and especially in the first three PVE rounds. In short, re-raise the RNG floor. Um full items now drop significantly less. Full items only drop if you are already rolling item components. RNG calling has not changed, but you are more likely to get a full item. Oh (laughs) yep. I can read a full item as you approach that ceiling. You can no longer get two full item drops in the same game from PvE rounds. This change doesn't include epic monster rewards, or the carousel drastically reduced the chance of force of nature appearing on the carousel. I think that's probably. going to be the change that's going to be most obviously felt Mm. um but some of these other loot box changes uh definitely gonna affect some of these games
1: yeah the so of note the small and medium loot box changes that's getting rid of the best uh, best possibility for those so small loot boxes used to give you either two three or four gold they're getting rid of the four and then medium was five six or seven they're getting rid of the seven so they're getting rid of the like high roll um possibility for those uh small medium loot boxes for gold yeah you know i i think normalization
2: is like is better for competitive players i think it Mm -hmm. part of the reason why i think it didn't make sense in tfts because they don't explain that to you right Uh, so you don't like when, when you're in the very beginning stages of learning you don't know what it's like to get lucky versus not lucky it's not obvious um it might seem lucky right when you hit a Raptors batch and you get like five items, you're like, okay, that's mm. like a lucky moment. But it's still hard to like assess relative to everybody else. Mm. Um So I think the normalization here makes a lot of sense given that, uh you know, the small medium loot boxes, I'm pretty sure if you quiz like the average TFT player, they still wouldn't be able to tell you like what's in it. Right. So on average. So mm. like, I think that's totally fine. If, if If it was completely known, like what you could possibly get, um, it there's there's two trains of thought, right, with that randomness. I think taking away the 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 floors also means that the highs don't feel anything different, right? Mm-hmm. If you make it very binary, like two or three goal for the small loot boxes, people just say, Well, you know, either I got lucky or unlucky. Right. Um mm-hmm. and there's, you know, there's no there's, it's really hard to kind of relatively gauge that. So i i'm i'm I don't think this is like a huge impactful change. I do agree that I think there's too much gold in it, but uh you know part of what I feel like uh would be helpful is if they explain things a little bit more obvious of what you can and can't get from some of these boxes.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a you needed to do a lot of research and check some old Mort dog uh write ups and old patch notes to know exactly what it is, and you can't find those in game. But you can find them by listening to the Legends podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, had to get that plug on the show. Um, for the show. Uh, I mean, I think this is one that a lot of my friends who played Magic the Gathering in the past competitively were like, I don't like the fact that I you can just high roll the the gold drop. I think one of the unlocks for a lot of high level players, and if you ask them, a lot of like challenger players versus silver players. Um, you'd probably get a different answer of, "Hey, what would you rather have early items or gold?" I know I used to think, "Oh, I just want more items. Just give me more items." Every time I get gold, it's like bad. But actually, it's just better to get gold early, um, by a, like a wide margin. So getting those four gold drops felt when you're a high level player, it's like, "Oh, this is really good." And that compounds. You're getting a compounded uh, advantage because you're hitting your uh first econ earlier which is going to give you which is actually going to end up being like five or six gold over the course of the game and when you think that like oh i can buy an extra i can buy an extra you know a mumu versus my opponent over the course of the game like yeah that that makes um a big uh a, a big uh impact but like you were saying frodan like that's not a it's not something that's really explained and b it's v- hard to conceptualize that even when you're thinking about it because i'm like okay if i get this four gold roll now i'm gonna have my econ two turns earlier than my opponents which is actually going to give me my second econ three turns earlier which is a total of 10 extra gold so when we're in when we're at level eight i'm actually gonna have like 30 more gold over the course of the game than my opponents like i can't I, I can't even think about that. I'm, I, I'm too stupid. To give up on that. And the challenger players get that. And the competitive players get that, but it's like, even when you get rid of that or have that, like you don't feel it. Like, like you're saying, you don't feel that inherently. Cause it's like, okay, I've just got less gold now. Not like I'm dying at this point. It's, it's like a, almost like a slow bleed. So, I mean, I don't know. What to, I, I don't know. What, I, I think this is probably good. Cause it just makes it, better or it makes it closer um in the early game which i think a lot of players wanted but i think i agree with you overall it's not like the biggest uh impact um
3: yeah it's the difference between a unit right it could be right 20 units down the line but uh it could be the difference between like a rank three versus a rank two but in the end it's not like a ton of gold yeah. but that force of nature thing is going to be the one that people are going to yeah I,
2: I think forced nature should not be on carousels um yeah. at least as frequently
3: as it was so yeah.
2: that's a good right. change
1: yeah it's good i mean it it almost because when it came up i guess i i it's just it's going to have the same effect this is going to be less often so i guess it just it's probably going to make you feel like better when you get it and way worse when you don't because it's like oh my the one and it's like it's like 95 percent chance or 95% less often. So I don't know what it was before, but it's like significantly less. So it's like, oh, wow, he hit the one in whatever to get the, to get the force of nature on carousel. Wow. That's, you know, well, the last place
3: person's usually getting it anyway. Right. So, uh, sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it does. Yeah. um, Yeah. True. True. We got to get going though.
1: Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So we got some other quality of life changes. Um, these ones aren't, super interesting um, at all. So let's just not uh, let's just not. Oh, the one, oh, the one that is interesting is the system for choosing your little legend and arena skin uh, in the lobby has been greatly improved. We don't know how <laughs> improved it is yet, but that's just a good thing because it was atrocious before. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Def. I mean, little, Legends podcast. we got to bring that up. Um, okay. So we got item changes here. Bramble vest. Uh, yes. Bramble vest damage is getting a buff Um, Across the board, it's going from 80, 120, 160 damage to 100, 140, 200 uh, damage. Bloodthirster is going from 40% lifesteal to 50% lifesteal. Rageblade attack speed per stack is going from 4% to 5%. Hextech Gunblade uh, lifesteal, or Omni steel I don't know why it calls it that, is going from 25% to 33%. Iceborne Gauntlet freeze duration going from 1.5 seconds to 2.5 seconds. Locket shield value going from 250, 275, 300 to 250, 275, 350. And Luden's Echo damage is getting a buff all around, going from 120, 160, 200 to 125, 175, 250. That's For, huge. Yeah, that one's that one's pretty big. Uh, Frodan, any of these stick out to you uh, in particular? Um,
2: I think the one that sticks out to me the most is uh, the Luden's Echo mm-hmm. uh, buff, because it was already like pretty decently playable on uh, units like Kogma for Hyper World Predators. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got like Kog'Maw to three stars, Luden's Echo already was pretty solid. Like one Luden's, one Static Shift, whatever you want, really, mm-hmm. to spread the damage. Um, at 250, it, like, starts to become pretty sizable chunking, and, like, with Predators, there's, like, a really big tipping point where, like, if they just have too much damage, they just Uh start killing everything. So, um, that's pretty huge. I'm actually very curious about the Iceborne Gauntlet because it was, like, so pitifully weak that I just, like, thought it was, like, the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um... Maybe two and a half seconds is better if you, like, start to have redundancy. I think uh, there's a suggestion that uh, I saw with, like, Kindred and Ezreal, Mm -hmm. who both are really fast spellcasters. I don't know if that's enough because it it could be one of those things where, like, yeah, everything on the front line is perma-frozen, but, like, you don't have a lot of damage. Right. So, yeah, I'm really curious uh, about those two. Uh, My favorite of the changes is Bramble Vest because I love, like... Stacking Bramble Vest on like <laughs> like a three star Leona or three star Skarner or something oh, like that, just something yeah. really funny. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, had a double. I don't Bramble know if it's super warm-up. successful. <laughs>
3: uh, Maokai in my agro game, the one that I was playing before I came. You guys, ah, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. He was pushing some damage. Wow,
1: that is pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, you know, like I think, like, electric uh, was one of my favorite uh, traits going into set two, and mm-hmm. then just kind of seeing it be largely irrelevant, unless you, like, high roll Zed. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me a little sad. So maybe the bramble, like, th- maybe that gives some, like, extra oomph if people mm-hmm. want to start playing electric again. I don't think that's going to be the case, but we'll see. I'm, I really hope so, because... Uh, I do agree that I think items have generally been like figured out for set two so far, mm. and so like shaking it up is going to be really important.
1: Yeah, sure. I definitely like the Bramble Vest Rage Blade. I just want, I just always want that item to be good because it's so fun to use. It's like I just want to see how fast my guy can attack, and like Rage Blade plus Spear of Shojin is like automatically like uh this is how you could break the game somehow <laughs> like that combination was one like from the very beginning i'm like ooh, i put these two items and like i want to see what kind of crazy things i can do with that so yeah. i always want it to be good but it's just not been good for a while i don't know if this is going to change it it's been like kind of a bait item i think um and then yeah Bloodthirster also just been kind of lackluster uh as well as hextech so nice to see those getting a little bit of a buff but still like morello's exists so it's it's tough to use those but uh let's move on boop and let's talk about some traits
3: all right so one of the things that more talked about when it came to this patch specifically was that they're going to be doing a lot of buffs uh for a lot of these uh characters traits and champions uh as opposed to some early stuff which was there are a lot of nerfs so a lot of these you're going to hear are going to be buffs there are some nerfs like to blade master uh, but first assassin critical strike damage bonus is going to be buffed from 50 to 150 to 65 to 225 those are very different numbers yeah Uh, Blade blade masters this is big so blade masters can no longer store more extra attacks than the maximum your trait level provides one two three in short this means that it will be much less likely if not impossible for your champions to go infinite off their auto attacks specifically this nurse four and six blade master blade master chance to get extra auto attacks is also going down by five We'll talk about that at the end. D- uh Dessert, armor reduction, they're <laughs> 50 to 90% to 40 to 100%. Don't so the- speak ill
1: of desserts. They can never do us harm.
3: <laughs> Inferno, man, they have been trying to make this happen mm-hmm. for so long. 7140, 210 to 7150, 250. Mage, six mages, so you're going to get that double cast, but now you're also going to get that double cast plus 20 AP to all of the mages, so that's going to help your mages with items, especially. Shadow is going to be bonus damage duration 5 to 6 seconds, bonus damage 65, 150 to 65, 175, so small buff there. Warden, armor bonus, this is funny, 150 to 300, 450 is going to move into 150, 300 to 999% armor bonus and woodland <laughs> uh six woodland is going to be uh, uh something that you can go for and that means that all of your units will copy themselves all the
1: woodland units copy themselves
3: yes yes Give <laughs> the me
1: best a... change yeah easily the best thing that i think they've ever added to tft is that
3: change <laughs> thank you woodland lux now we can actually get you
1: yeah so uh, for me yeah, let's just let's just talk about the Elephant in the Room, the blade master one. It's been what, 2 or 3 patches now that some form of blade Ma- actually maybe even more than that, like blender into Sivir and friends and Azir blade master has just been dominant and it's specifically been dominant because of how the blade master attack procs uh proc themselves and then you can actually stack up like I said here, you can stack up extra attacks. Now it won't let you do that. So, uh, more in the video, which I'll I'll link in the description, you can watch goes over how that works um, and how you could basically like you could get an extra attack, which gives you a chance to trigger another extra attack, and and if you have four blade master, it gives you two, and you can just keep going and going. Now you can't do that, so it's going to significantly reduce the power there. But I think I think we're probably still going to see some form of of blade master. Like Azir didn't really get hit um and i've definitely seen some Azir comps not need the blade master maybe you could even run a rage blade uh, uh what what do these what do the i want it to work what uh what sticks out to you Froden? um i
2: mean a lot of them are like small are small buffs mm-hmm. i don't know if six assassins like really viable i have seen it like in a couple of uh games but like very few 225 though is very significant. Mm-hmm. So, um, I hope six assassins don't become a thing. Cause then it just kind of becomes like six berserkers where, yeah. uh, I feel like, uh, assassins are one of those things where like, if they become really good, then, uh, they, they generally are oppressive onto the metagame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like in, in set one and honestly, another, uh, auto battler games like assassins have kind of been problematic when they've been really good yeah. so uh yeah give or take because then it becomes about like do i get the crits like do i get like the assassins right. and um i i think that uh, there's a lot more like dynamic stuff to be played in set two, right there's a lot more counterplay options or soft counter stuff mm. so uh we'll see if that ends up becoming good um I am also like pretty intrigued by uh the Blade Master nerf just because I feel like uh Blade Masters are like currently like it's very obvious how good they are um the fact that they've been nerfed like a bajillion times and they're still very viable, if not like the best comp right now to go mm-hmm. um is just maybe just like shows that Blade Master shouldn't really be like a mechanic in the game um and it's just like a design lesson, perhaps for set mm-hmm. three onwards. It's a carryover from set one, and you know, in this patch rundown, Mort was even saying how blade masters have been problematic, largely because, like you said, the extra attack can proc, extra attacks okay. themselves, so you can kind of store up like basically this never-ending chaining of like ridiculous attack speed, uh, and you know that will fundamentally break the game. So uh there's an interesting post on the competitive tft subreddit that was talking about like what are some other ways we can break blade masters and they're talking about like what if we gave it to twitch instead what if we gave it to you know kog'mon predators which mm-hmm. some people did for a while like what if we gave it to a mumu you know and like uh put like spirit of shoujin on it or something mm-hmm. like that i don't know it was like one of these interesting like concepts and, and i think that they're no matter what we do with blade masters, unless we like reduce the amount of times that they can attack, we're mm-hmm. probably going to constantly have a problem with them, and we'll find ways to keep uh, breaking the game. So I-, I do like this change probably the most. Um, that being said, blade masters always felt like beatable to me, uh, mm-hmm. even though that they were really strong. The most infuriating times was when like Silver got like Hush and Red Buff, yep. and like applied to everything. Um, if that can get managed a little bit, and I kind of like the direction that Mort was talking about, which is like maybe you can throw in summoners to start countering Silvermore. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, memes aside, like Woodland Drew stuff is like pretty funny, but I don't think we're going to see that really often. <laughs> I, I'd be gladly to be corrected there. Uh, I think the uh, the Assassin, the Blade master traits are probably the most interesting things to me.
1: Yep. I think that the times that we do see Six Woodland, it is going to be great
3: um we'll work uh, it. yeah, it, pl- it'll be one of those things it'll be clipped in twitch history i mean forever. i definitely
2: the, want the question the question becomes is it even good right like uh... right
3: <laughs> well the hard part is it's just like woodlands fall off so hard uh late game anyway right and so unless you built up a pretty good lead and so you're just waiting for that lux to come and it might not ever come that's the problem and it's like what is your
1: what is what are you actually dealing damage with i guess it's nico but as someone who has done that uh, enough times it's not good
3: yeah and lev had a very good (laughs) but if you need to look for the woodland lux the best way to get it is to try to is to actually need a steel lux right or lux because um, that's when woodland lux comes up.
1: Yeah, if you're looking for a light lux, let me tell you, you will see a lot of woodland luxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we are slowly, uh, or rather quickly, running out of time, so we're gonna run through these champion changes real quick before we get out of here. Uh, at tier one, Leona damage reduction uh, is getting a nerf from forty ninety one forty to forty eighty one twenty uh malzahar is now getting some scaling minion health it used to be that his minions always had 250 health no matter what the level now it's going to go for uh, uh to 250 300 400 so pretty big malzahar buff there um ezreal is getting a health buff from 600 to 650 his ability damage is going from 24 800 to uh 225 450 900 Karma attack speed bonus is getting nerfed from 60, 70, 80 to 40, 60, 80. Um, Scions uh, being able to cast his first cast a little bit easier, going from 50 starting mana to 75 starting mana with 125 total. Sivir bounces are going from the static 10 across the board to 579. Vi- Vigar's spell damage is going from 36900 to three, twenty-five, 325-650-975 uh h221 is uh e- screaming in excitement right now uh and uh <laughs> tier uh at tier 4 Olaf is getting a, I, I just got to say an egregious and massive attack speed nerf from 0. 0.85 step. down to 0. 0.80 uh more come on man you're nerfing my bearded brother here I tried I'm sorry everyone who's an Olaf fan I tried when he was on the show to plead with him to not nerf Olaf and he did he did he did me dirty with that .05 attack speed difference (laughs) let's
3: go ahead and uh, do the three star champion adjustments too because they're kind of the same yes Renekton
1: is getting a uh, damage buff at rank 3 an extra 75 damage from 400 to 475 Vladimir ability damage uh, is getting at rank 3 a 50 damage damage boost ashes attack speed bonus is actually getting adjusted so that it makes sense with rangers and mort again clarifies how this uh really really works it's actually going down from 250 percent increase for attack speed down to 100 but again doesn't matter because of how rangers works but she's getting a big um attack damage ratio buff um at rank three which is going from 0.4 up to 0.75 so quite a big uh damage buff there so tier three ash is gonna hit like a truck okay so that was that was a a mouthful and a half but um yeah boob what do you what do you what what's sticking out to you here these champions
2: um Honestly, all these like little tweaks make sense. Leona's like too good in the early game. I th- I still think she's too good like basically stopping every auto attack from hurting her. Mm-hmm. Uh makes it so that if you get like that early Leona, you probably like at least roll into the top 4 of health. Um yeah. so it's a little bit too good still probably, but not that big of a deal. Um I don't know what to think about Malzahar's buffs. I've played a decent amount of Shadow Summoners, and I, it's one of my favorite builds uh, for this past patch, mm-hmm. largely because I think it's really underrated and uncontested. True, but um, I don't, I, st- I don't think it was very. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a A slash B tier composition, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if this is enough because the problem with Shadow is the. Same thing with like most things like the Shadow-Inferno combinations, was that your front line is super weak, and you're mm-hmm. very dependent on a few things like Amumu for Infernos, and Yorick for Summoners, so mm-hmm. maybe this helps enough. Morris says so that it's just his favorite champion, so an excuse to buff him is probably <laughs> in order. Um, I think if you can get Nazar to 3-star, then you're really talking. Like 400 HP is a lot for yeah. those minions, uh, especially if you can get casting a lot, so I'm definitely going to be experimenting a little bit with it, especially on uh, uh, the first few days of the patch. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sivir bounces. Uh, I completely agree with the idea that this is still going to be relatively similar in power level. And uh, part of what makes like Sivir scary is just the fact that she can bounce. It's not the. It's not just like the number of bounces. Um, and most people like are still going to be affected by it because mm-hmm. not everyone's going to go summoners to try and counter the bounces. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, most of the power inflection of uh, the, the the Blade Master is in the mid-game, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we, most people are going to have things like Yorick 2 and all these big summoner stuff in the late stage of the game. But like, a lot of times... People's like general range of placements have been determined by then mm-hmm. and it still doesn't take away from fundamentally the reason why blade masters are still very good is how easy it is to two star them because they're really cheap. They're like a bunch of three cost units while everyone else is looking for like mainly four cost, maybe mm-hmm. even uh, five cost units to cement their their comps. So, um, you know, like blade masters are still like, I think, going to be very good. Um, and if even if it's not like the Sivir carry, maybe they'll figure out something else. Like maybe we all in more on Azir. Maybe people start doing other things. Uh, maybe we go full maybe it goes full circle because Assassin's Got Buff, we start going Cosmic's carry. Kha'zix 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 carry Blade is Master scary. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. It's it's all on the table. I don't think Blade Masters are going anywhere. I don't think berserkers are going anywhere either. I think there's no. still going to be an S tier composition that's yeah. highly contested. Yeah, it's so
3: interesting because what Mort uh, speaking of like Leona and Karma. Mort said in his little breakdown that even though those two units are getting nerfed, Lunar is actually uh, not doing as well. Right? They're just good units. So these nerfs are based off of like Leona and Karma, not necessarily their origins and synergies, mm-hmm. which is right. really interesting to me because. That's just like one of those things that doesn't feel like it makes sense, right? Like you would think if both of these characters are going to get nerfed, then overall their synergy will too but that's not going to be the case that's staying the same so yeah we'll see how it goes but i think you're right leona i think is still too tanky that it's not like the flashiest of ultimates in the game but almost the opposite in fact and i think sometimes that makes you kind of underestimate how much damage is being soaked just the time that this person is auto attacking leona Mm -hmm. right is not auto attacking your carry and that just kind of kind of like it's like a snowball effect right kind of rolls in on itself and so we'll see what happens there yeah. And in terms of uh, the three-star adjustments, like with like mages getting buffed all around, with their twenty-eight uh, AP plus Vlad getting fifty extra damage at rank three, which is something that you, you know, usually do if you're going that way mm-hmm. if you're looking for it. Um, uh, mages are definitely they're they're trying to put that in there. It's like they really want infernal and they really want mages to kind of be around and you know and good in order to because I think those are good at, like beginner comps to play like if you're mm-hmm. just starting right and so a beginner player can come in play mages or infernal and to find success i think that's really important
1: yep absolutely and i think uh it i mean this again is another patch that they are adding more to the meta and shaking up the meta but mostly through buffs which even if something egregious is happening and we're going to have a, a horrifically oppressive meta even if that's the case Right now this feels good <laughs> to look at and be like they buffed a bunch of stuff. I can play assassins, I can try to play Shadow, I can play I can try to play Nine Inferno. Six well, all this stuff seems really great. Now obviously we know the meta will shake itself out regardless of what happens, but it feels good going into it, which isn't something you can always say when a uh, a meta is purposely being shaken up by the uh, by the team. So I don't know, overall what do you guys think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs medium for this patch?
2: Um, overall, I would say this is, uh, like, a thumbs up, I think. I like that they're trying to play around with synergies, I like that a lot. Um, <clears throat> overall, I think the buffs are logical, um, and some of the nerfs make sense as well. So, uh, I don't expect 10.2 to actually change up much of the metagame, to be honest. Uh, and that's okay, because I think set to, um... Even though I think a lot of people who've spent a lot who spent a ton of time on it might feel exhausted onto its content, I, I think mm-hmm. Set 2 is like a golden uh, it, it's, it's a great era for TFT. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy Set 2 a lot more than Set one, largely because I feel like the soft counterplay stuff is like really great. Mm-hmm. I love how fluid it is. I also really enjoy, aside from the uh, the one Blademaster patch where it just felt like correct to force it every game no matter mm-hmm. what. Um, you know, I like that you can't just play the same composition every single game. I mean, you can, but your your results will vary unless you're like yeah. a t- top, top, top player, right? So, um, I like that you have to kind of be adaptable. Uh, so overall, I would say that uh, TFT is in a great s- space. I was telling my fr- friend Bryce that I think TFT set two is the golden age of the game so far, um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, set three as well in just a yeah. couple of months. Gotta get on that challenger grind so I don't finish uh, last in this competition.
1: I was gonna say, can I, I, I'll I'll uh, by proxy join in, and I'm plat two right now. So you've got you got some uh, you got some buffer to not finish. great, not <laughs> last, yeah, not last. <laughs> uh, but I am a future challenger player, so uh, we'll you'll have to uh, wait for that one. Okay, that is the end of our regularly scheduled show. Frodan, thanks again so much for being on. Uh, any sell shoutouts, shout outs anything that you wanna give before we head out tonight?
2: Um no shout out to you to everybody who helps put on the show. I think like you know the community uh podcasts and these kinds of uh different uh shows are like what really helps prop up uh the the scene. I think a lot of people like look at influencers or look at big tournaments or look at you know streamers and they think like. There, I mean, while while they do inf, like make up a big portion of uh, the scene's interest, I think it's like just as important to have things like this. So uh, I'm always happy to uh, hop on the shows and talk and meet new people. Um, so thank you so much for
1: creating hosting this show. Awesome. Well, thank you. thank you for coming on, and we now have a we have a we we have a duty now Boop to live up to the 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 community oh. pillar that we that we are. Where,
3: where, we're well not. it's a great community, right? It like is we, it is a been, really great
1: community. You know
3: the two of us have been well we're not Frodan, right? But we've been we <laughs> kind of a part of that like second or third generation of esports people, right? Mm-hmm. We've been we've been here for a little bit and we've been a part of a couple other communities and this TFT community has just been absolutely amazing. So it is yeah. our pleasure to be able to bring content to to you guys because we appreciate you and it's it's just fun to do so uh to second what frodan says about the community and uh thank you uh, again for coming on uh we really really appreciate it and your mind works in such an interesting way the way that you speak about these things really opens up i think other thoughts that mm. maybe some people might not have originally had about what you would consider a simple question. And so Fred and I really appreciate you uh, bringing that kind of thought process and knowledge uh, onto the show is incredibly enjoyable uh, to meet you and have you on, man.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah. You took our smooth brain questions and just wrinkled them right up. And we got lots of, we got a lot, lots of nice uh, wrinkle brained answers here for the show, but that is going to be the end of this show. Thank you everyone who tuned in live and who's listening in podcast land. Guys, remember, you can find us all over the web, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, we're on uh, the Prediction uh, Esports channel, P-R-E-E-D-S-E-T-I-O-N. Uh, make sure you're leaving us a review there, and you can join the community over at discord.me slash littlelegendspodcast. All of our links and stuff are there, but that is going to be it for Frodan, for Boop. I am Blevins, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.